Hello and welcome back to Chewing Cut with Zhang and Chang. If you have listened to our last episode, you must have known how much we love contemplating, looking deeply within ourselves to understand and untangle our concern. So very recently, I and my friend Chang here we hop on a call, just sharing our things. And from our call, we realized that we often get caught up in so many unsolvable questions about ourselves. For example, Chang is concerned about her passions. Her strengths and career path, and for me, I tend to self-quest about my goals in life, my disturbing indecisiveness, and my past behaviors, and even my sayings. But the most regretfully common self-blame question, like why I act like that. And the point is, we all agree that there are so many things about us that remain unknown. We haven't understood ourselves deep enough, and I mean. How can we thrive as ourselves if we don't know who we are, what we are capable of, and what we truly want in life? So that leads us to make this podcast on self-awareness, along with the information we synthesize from Google. Here in this podcast, we share with you our findings and the only, but so far the most effective way, in our opinions, that we are currently doing to improve our self-awareness. So I guess we better start with the meaning of self-awareness. Normally, we refer self-awareness to having deep understanding of one's emotions, needs, strengths, and weaknesses. But I guess that only the fundamental ideas of self-awareness. There must be more about it. Chang, can you share with us your findings? So after some time researching, I noticed that this theory is mainly based on the idea that you are not your thoughts, but the entity observing your thoughts. Which means you are the thinker, separate and apart from your thoughts. So, in all that, self-awareness serves as the ability to focus on how your actions, thoughts, feelings do or don't align with your internal standards. Honestly, when you think about it, our brain is not a precise calculator, and there's still so many things we haven't known about our body. So. Actually, there's just so many reasons that can cause you to think a certain way. It could be as deep as something that you have been suppressed inside for years, or it could just be some changes in hormones or weather. And by standing outside, observing objectively, we'll gradually gain more control of our thoughts and emotions. A fun fact about this is that、um, they actually have a term for the ability to think about the way we think, which is called metacognition. And the scientists often refer to this as one of the things that differentiate humans from other species of animals. About the kinds of self-awareness, just like a lot of people out there, I tend to think that self-awareness is just self-awareness. Like there's only one type, but there are actually two types. One is internal self-awareness, which is how you're aware of your own values, beliefs, and how you think your thoughts. Emotions and environment fit in with them, and the second type is external self-awareness, which is in contrast to what I just said, is how you're aware of how others feel or feel about you.、Mm, all right. So self-awareness isn't only about how we see ourselves, but also the way we come across to others. So let's talk about the level of self-awareness from the stories and concerns we exchange with each other. The previous days, right? I feel like we are having kind of 
low self-awareness because I also found that indication of low self-awareness can include emotional outbursts, frequent regrets, and uncertainty. So what's your thoughts on this and how to know if someone is high self-awareness? So I'm not a professional, so I'm just going to talk about my own observation and opinion. So I think someone with low self-awareness would be very unaware of their own feelings and thoughts. They would often have a hard time dealing with their own emotions, and they're also easily affected by what people say or others' opinion of them. On the other hand, if you're highly self-aware, you can objectively evaluate yourself, manage your emotions, align your behavior with your values, and understand correctly how others perceive you. Okay, so obviously we are in the middle of low and high self-awareness. Because I do evaluate myself, know when I am sad, feeling negative, but I mean, I can't always manage my emotions well. Well, you tell me, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I think I can sum up self-awareness from my own experience as monitoring your inner world objectively. Yeah, so from what I just said, you can tell that I tend to busy myself with the internal self-awareness rather than the external one. One example of self-awareness that I would take from myself is when I suddenly have a negative thoughts or emotions in the middle of something. Could be anything, like a discussion with my friends or a movie or while surfing the web. And I can see it starts growing and elevating into more and more negative trains of thoughts. So what I often do is that instead of letting it lead me to darker places, let it consume and control me, I would try to stand outside my thoughts and observe like, oh, I have this destructive bit in my thinking. Mm -hmm. And like, um, what are the situations that these thoughts often come up? And what do they often have in common? Is it normal for me to have this thought, etc.? Um, I think this is vital because a lot of people, when they notice they have this one destructive thought, their first reaction is almost always like, ugh, and then push it in the corner try to distract themselves from it but we all know that it doesn't work that way right like those thoughts are going to come back maybe become even more pressing and intense plus i feel like the thoughts that we often think as weird like why am i even thinking like that like i have this i have that like is it ungrateful for me to think like that actually most people have those thoughts as well and when we actually acknowledge those thoughts, that it's normal to think like that, um, it will help us feel less afraid towards it. So the next time if we have that thought and if we feel the need to replace it with a more positive one, I think it will be easier since we're less scared of it, you know? Yeah. Just like the idea of this podcast, we should always embrace our thoughts, whatever it is. We cannot just push it away. But... I also see that there are people that they can really get indulged in negative thoughts and they just let it consume them. And it's amazing to know that you can realize your state of mind and find ways to step back, step away from all those low spirits. Anyways, I always believe that being well aware of ourselves is a key to better relationship management. And it's one of the life goals that I've known about myself so far. And that's because if we know ourselves, 
if we know our tendency to react towards certain things, we can better regulate our emotions and behaviors. We can take control of the effects of our emotions on ourselves and on others. And as my dad always says, you should go and look at yourself in the mirror every day, practice self-reflection, and in that way, you can spot out your weaknesses and even control your facial expression. He keeps telling me about how reflecting and enhancing self-awareness will help me grow and literally improve every aspect in my life.、Mm, some great advices your dad just gave you. So, as with self-awareness,、um, I think we're able to know who we are, how we view ourselves, and how people see us, as well as our strengths, weaknesses, what triggers us, and which we loved. So overall, it has the potential to enhance virtually just every experience you have. I also think that because it mainly happens in our mind, so it could be a tool and practice that can be used anywhere, anytime, whether to ground yourself in a moment or realistically evaluate yourself in the situation, and also you can make good choices with better self-awareness as well. Some of the few importance like um. Use of self-awareness that I've found online, or for example, it can make us more proactive, encourage positive self-development, as well as well-being. With higher self-awareness, we can practice self-control, work more creatively and productively,、mm-hmm. and especially since we know how people view us and our strengths, we can have better communication, and especially with higher emotional intelligence. One thing I notice in a lot of people is that they have the ability to understand and sympathize with others as well, and they often have this certain identity and image to themselves, which gives them a lot of self-confidence. One last thing that I relate to deeply is that with someone that has low self-awareness, so they don't know their own worth, and when somebody just comes by and tell them maybe like. Super good things like oh you're so beautiful like you're so talented you're so smart in order to get something from you,、um, mm-hmm. or like when people are being extra mean to you for example like you're so ugly,、um, you're so boring, self-centered,、mm-hmm. kind of、yeah. like that. And since some of us don't know our own worth, we will be easily affected by what other people have to say about us. Yeah. So with higher self-awareness, we would know our own values, and we could just receive other people's words without getting so affected by what they say. Yeah, you're so true. If we don't understand ourselves, we could be negatively driven by others' opinions very easily. Yeah, like especially when most people are not aware when they are being affected by others' words. So,、um, in addition to that, I like to look at this in terms of our own relationships with others and ourselves as well. So, in our relationship with ourselves, I think that only with self-awareness can you love yourself. Like only when you see all aspects, all personas, like even the parts you don't like about yourself, then only that can you truly love yourself, like the whole you. The second relationship is your relationship with people that are close to you. For example, friends, family, romantic partners, and I think especially in these kinds of bonds and relationships, that self-awareness matters. Because how can you offer yourself to someone when you don't have 
any idea of who you are. Like, how can you say you love someone if you don't even know and love yourself? I know, like a lot of people, they come into a romantic relationship and they think that they're in love, but actually they just seek a certain thing. For example, they seek the feeling of being loved by somebody else, or they seek validation from another person、mm-hmm. outside of themselves.、Mm-hmm. So, when other people give that to them, they mistake it as some kind of love. You know, and、um, same as that, some people are so used to neglecting their own feelings and emotions. And only when they start acknowledging themselves that they realized that all along maybe they have been suppressing their own needs and wants, and not just like romantic relationships in normal relationships. Some people they carry wounds or like traumas from the past that are unsolved.、Mm-hmm. So when other people do a certain thing and that triggers something deep inside them, they become really angry. They hurt themselves and they hurt other people without knowing it's. Actually, something kind of like unsolved traumas, unsolved wounds deep inside them, kind of like that. The final relationship is like your relationship at work. I think that it's the same with what I've just mentioned about. For example, like better self control, better communication, more productivity, and、um, more ability to sympathize with other people, and especially more self confidence, of course. Well, so self-awareness it has been a buzzword in recent years, but there are people that still neglecting it. What do you think about this? Why this happened? I think when we were little, we always had parents around, guiding us, telling us who we are.、Right. Sometimes, even mirroring most of our values, beliefs, and ways of thinking. So only until we grow into adults and have to live life on our own, that we finally notice. The need for self-awareness. That's one reason I think. A second reason is that in the process of growing up and forming our identity, some of us might have our feelings and thoughts invalidated. For example, I think most of you guys would relate to this. Our parents, right?、Mm-hmm. Instead of telling us it's okay to feel that way, that's the way to see the problem. Our parents or other people might tell us to be a certain way. Or that we're wrong, we're ungrateful to feel or think that way. Like you have a roof above your head, you don't have to worry about clothes and food. Like what is there to be said about?、Mm, right. Kind of like that. And also from my point of view, it feels like we don't really encourage people to look inside or talk about themselves enough. Like we don't have those activities like trying doing different things. Or spending time out of school and work to go to places to explore the world and reflect back on ourselves. Like think about it. Like twelve years of school, then straight to university, then work. Even at school, the subjects are still mainly theoretical with little to no hands-on skills. And I also notice in our daily life, it's kinder still hard to bring up topics such as self-love, struggles, and stress in normal conversations. With our、mm. friends, coworkers, especially with our family. So, learning about ourselves is a never-ending journey. Self-awareness becomes more important as we grow up. So, I think it's best that we make enhancing self-awareness a daily goal. I personally think that a record of what happens around us, our memories, our feelings, our thoughts, new actions, anything that makes you happy, sad, fear, or disturbed. 
that record it will be a great compass for us on the journey of self-discovery. And that's also our way to reflect on ourselves to enhance our self-awareness. I usually look inward to record my feelings or some prominent events in my life with some papers or a recording machine or sometimes with nothing at all, just myself. I write journal. I think it's a great way to reflect on my daily experience, my relationship, what goes wrong and what goes amazing. Currently, I am using Notes, a mobile app, to record my thoughts and sometimes I use Emo, a very cute app that let me read my day's emotions and I can see how frequently I feel sad or happy, excited or anything at the end of the month. So if you are also interested in daily journaling but you are new and you want to make writing a habit, I guess you can try searching for some journal prompts on Google and you can find hundreds or thousands of questions which might help you unveil yourself. Or you may try audio journal. It's also another great way to record your days. It's quicker than writing. And when self-talking like that, personally, I feel like I can speak my feelings out loud and I can express my emotions better. You can start out with self-talk when you notice you're having certain thoughts and emotions. So it's kind of like discussing to yourself about the experience you're both going through. Because of that, I think that this is a great way to objectively evaluate what's going on inside you. And if you're like me, with a habit of talking to myself in English, it's also a great way to practice English as well. With journaling, I think you can delete it afterwards, but keeping it as records and coming back to it after a while is, to me, a very interesting way um, to see how far you have come. In addition to that, to talk and to write about your experience, from my point of view, are two totally different things. When talking, you can just speak freely what's coming up in your head, but with writing, you would need to arrange, find the right words to express, review it to see whether it makes sense on a whole. So it might be a bit awkward and challenging at first, but I promise it's a really wonderful way to put your chaotic thoughts, emotions on the paper or on a text file and see them in connection with each other. Also, from my own experience, writing about your own struggles or sometimes just this interesting thought you have and you just explore it in full length is such a great way to practice your writing. Finally, on this topic, I recommend you guys just find the ways to record that are most convenient, natural to yourself. For example, some might prefer taking notes on paper, some like to type, some like to draw or do it creatively. As long as it feels the most seamless to you, I think it will work just as effectively. So when we talk about recording our inner world, like besides um, self-talk and journaling, I personally find spending time alone specifically crucial. I'm an introvert and I bet introvert folks out there will relate to this deeply, but this really applies to everyone. Either it's spending a lot of time with yourself, or if you're living with your family, at least give yourself a certain period of time and space each day, distract-free, alone with yourself. I really think everybody needs at least a period in their life living alone to really get to know and be comfortable with themselves. Because when we're with others, their presence alone can affect how we think, the way we act to some extent. It's not their fault, of course. It's 
And it's also not like we're putting on masks either, but it's just physical response of our body, I think. With someone around, it's easier to distract yourself from your own emotions and thoughts as well. So when I start living alone, it was all fun and free at first, but things start coming to the surface very quickly, such as loneliness, feeling lost, um, getting exhausted emotionally, etc. And I had no option but to face and embrace them. And also that's the first phase only. The next phase is you getting comfortable on your own, in your skin, with yourself only, instead of always seeking for others' company. All right, so in terms of making a recording from the external, my ways is that I usually record others' viewpoints, especially from my close ones, who I know for sure that they only want the best for me. Actually, I once found this idea very scary because I'm really scared of facing negative words, but now as I realize how great it is to collect feedbacks from others, for example, from our families, my best friends, my friends, or even from our colleagues, I start to actively ask for more. And this helps me see myself from the lens of others. And in this way, I know whether the way others see me is up to the image I want to build up for myself. And I like to add up that when you try to practice self-awareness, you should practice it with a positive mind. A few days ago, I was searching about self-awareness on Google, and I found this statement, which I feel deeply inspired. It says, the outcomes are influenced by the way we think and our efforts, not by external factors. I feel deeply related with this statement because not so long ago, I tend to think that I could never satisfy my parents. I even ignored their words because somehow it irritated me. It's so harsh. And even the time my dad advised me on reflecting myself, I ignored it as well. I rarely communicate with my parents and somehow these negative thoughts are the biggest hindrance for us to develop a positive relationship. And things only get better once I become more open with them and vice versa. I start taking their words in a more positive way consider their words as constructive feedbacks rather than complaints and critics. And based on that, I try to adjust the things that may negatively affect our relationship. And I think that's an act of practicing self-awareness. And since then, I realized that I can communicate and make peace with my parents, who I used to regard the strictest and most approachable. And I also realized that I am capable of controlling my emotions and the relationships that I truly care about. So to sum up, today I and Zhang have gone through the whole concept of self-awareness in length. From definition, its importance, to the reasons why it hasn't received enough attention and the methods to raise our own self-awareness. I hope you all have had a great experience listening to this episode as we ourselves had while recording it. If you want more episodes on complex and essential topics like this, press the follow button and don't forget to send us your stories to Chewing Cut's email address as well. Sweet dreams and we wish you all a wonderful week ahead. Thank you.